Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. What we're dealing with here is a total lack of respect for the law. You're listening to Done By Law, brought to you by the Federation of Community Legal Centres. You're listening to Done By Law on 3CR. You're with Sam and Gemma. Uh, and this, you might remember, um, we're not actually with the the normal Gemma, I should mention. Normal Gemma. <laughs> the well, regular. That's, that's bold. Uh, but, but Gemma. Um, spare Gemma. Spare Gemma. Spare Gemma. Uh, who also pre- presents regularly, yeah. <laughs> but not normally with me. So um, thank you for joining us, Gemma. For those listening, uh, you will have noticed the slight delay in our start, which I would like to take credit for. So you're welcome. Spare Gemma is responsible for that. <laughs> now, earlier in the year, um, uh, normal Gemma and myself spoke to... Uh, Fiona Patton about her bill um, that she introduced into the Victorian Parliament about a spent conviction scheme in Victoria, Uh, and it's now being looked at by the uh, Legal and Social Issues Committee uh, of the Victorian Parliament. Um, And we're going to um, delve a bit into what's happening um, in the committee and one of the um, one of the submissions in particular. Um, tonight we're speaking with senior lawyer with the Equality Law Program at Victoria Legal Aid, Kamna Madaguni. She joins us now. Hi, um, everyone. Thanks, Hi, Kamna. Hello. Thank you for having me, Spare Gemma and Normal Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell this is going to stick. Um, now. Um, I, I guess to as a bit of an introductory mm-hmm. topic, um, how would you describe a, a spent conviction scheme and why don't we have one already? The first question is easier than the second one, so I might start there, which is essentially that um, a spent conviction scheme is a legislated um, mechanism that's adopted in lots of different jurisdictions, including in many states in Australia, Um, that essentially provides for certain criminal convictions that um, people have on their records to be spent uh, or essentially removed from their criminal record after a particular period of time has lapsed. Um, And it's a scheme which provides, I guess, for uh, a few things. One, to, um, I guess, not unduly punish people who have essentially already met the sentence that um, has been applied to by a court about the seriousness of the offence that that person has committed. Mm. Um, and secondly, also to provide a mechanism to allow people to rehabilitate back into the community. So um, as most of the listeners might be aware, um, criminal records are often checked by not only employers, but um, other service providers and other education providers Mm. um, as a prerequisite for whether someone can participate Mm. um, in community. And often um, these criminal records can contain lots of different information. And so having a scheme 
which is legislated through Parliament that provides criteria for when a criminal record is spent and removed from someone's record, provides a mechanism for that person essentially to start to move on with their life. The other thing to note about them is that... um, I think a common uh, inquiry or concern by people is, well, shouldn't the isn't the point of a criminal record that it stays, um, and essentially there is a record of what that criminality or criminal offending someone engaged in is. Um, but it, a legislated scheme is essentially for spent convictions is essentially something determined by Parliament and applied normally in processes either by courts or administrative bodies, which means that people's um, records are being spent only when they meet certain quite limited circumstances, mm. either that a extensive period mm. um, has passed after someone having a criminal record or that it be a less serious offence that a court and parliament agree should be removed after some time. Now, you asked the question why we don't have one. Um, so I guess it's relevant background to say that Victoria is the only jurisdiction in um, the country that has no form of spent conviction scheme at all um it uh which is surprising i think in a way because i think um the state is ahead in lots of other law and justice um initiatives and you know um i think it sits very comfortably alongside a transformative justice and therapeutic justice agenda um that the state should support but um victoria um, hasn't had one for a long time. There's been the efforts of several organisations and several predecessors in the legal assistance sector and community sector who've advocated for mm. one. Um, but I guess it's just never quite been the right time for parliaments to be supportive of it and also there being the right, I guess, community momentum behind a policy change. Mm. So you've been in, um, had a hand in Victoria Legal Aid's submission to the inquiry. Uh, what does the submission argue for? Sure. So um, essentially the Legal Aid submission supports a, the introduction of a spent conviction scheme um, and sees it as very much um, interlinked with the proper functioning of the Sentencing Act in Victoria um, as supportive of um, the principles behind that, that um, sentencing should provide a mechanism also at some stage for a person to be rehabilitated and um, participate again in community. Um, it also uh, essentially explains the impact that um, the absence of a spent conviction scheme at the moment in Victoria can have on people who have interactions with the criminal justice system um, and can continue the damaging legacy of a criminal record in people's uh, participation in various aspects of their community life, including employment. Um, this, the submission also highlights and uh, I guess it wants to aims to amplify the work of several other organisations who've put their voice behind the call for a spent conviction scheme, particularly the work of Wardungan, which is a partnership between um, several Aboriginal organisations and philanthropy aimed at um, uh, amplifying and providing community um, voice to the disproportionate impact that uh, criminal record discrimination and the absence of a spent conviction scheme has on Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities. And I think, um, you know, getting into the specifics, the submission also aims to provide a little bit of input in terms of what would make such a scheme accessible, particularly to the clientele of legal aid. So one of the things that the um, bill proposes at the moment is that um, certain 
convictions in order to be spent would be would occur, would be spent essentially automatically and then certain convictions would be subject to a court application and at this stage I think it's conceived that that court application be at the county court mm-hmm. um, however there are um, you know obviously access to justice limitations on that process if appropriate funding isn't provided for a person to be able to get le- legal aid mm. And um, also, um, you know, not have a clear access pathway. Um, uh, I can keep going because there is an important Mm. issue that I do want to highlight that is part of the submission, which is essentially tied to, I think, a lot of advocacy that is happening in the context of a spent conviction scheme, Mm. which is that a spent conviction scheme won't most effectively provide proper access um, to community if it doesn't sit alongside um, the inclusion of irrelevant criminal record as a protected attribute under anti-discrimination law, specifically the Equal Opportunity Act. So I'll unlegalise what that means, which basically means that at the moment in Victoria, under the Equal Opportunity Act, there's no protection um, for a person who is discriminated against because of an irrelevant community... I'm sorry, irrelevant criminal record. And so... Um, that creates a situation where people are not only left in the dark about how long something will stay on their criminal record, but then that criminal record can be relied on as a as a lawful grounds of exclusion from several areas of public life. Yeah. This, this idea of the protected attribute of criminal record discrimination um, was brought up when we to- spoke to Fiona Patton earlier in the year and she hadn't considered the concept. Do you think the the inquiry is having an impact and, and making sure that the decision makers um, do have this on their radar? I, I have definitely seen um, the pairing of these two issues being articulated in several submissions that have been made, um, both in person um, to the hearings that were run by the inquiry and also in written submissions. For example, um, the Wardungan submission, which is a really detailed report, um, essentially centering the stories of people who are, who are of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander background who've been impacted by criminal record discri- um, discrimination and I think really effectively draws the narrative link between exclusion based on discrimination and a spent conviction scheme. Mm-hmm. It was highlighted in Victoria Legal Aid Submission. I know the Victorian Equal Opportunity and Human Rights Commission included it in their submission. It's it's uh, I think the time is right for those sort of two issues to be um, interlinked together, particularly. Um, sorry, I should also note. I think Liberty Victoria made a similar submission. So, uh, I think quite a lot of organisations and individuals are drawing the link mm. between the two issues. Do you I, think it's also? I, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Do you think it's because um, I suppose without legislative change under the Equal Opportunity Act, we sort of might be left in a situation where a spent conviction scheme is all very well, but if there's no remedy for someone to be able to to take that complaint if they feel they never have, nevertheless still have been discriminated against. So it sort of seems like the reform to the EOA kind of provides that pathway. Yeah, I think it provides a pathway, but it also provides a, a clear protection for um, people in that middle period as yeah, well, where essentially um, they've got a a criminal record at the moment or a conviction on their record um, and it uh, is something that is due to be spent but then could be relied on even if it's irrelevant yeah. for the purpose of exclusion. The other thing, other point I think that is really important to raise is it provides a protection for the current um, 
I guess, state of affairs at the moment, which is um, something that people might not be aware of. But essentially, um, in the absence of a spent conviction scheme at the moment in Victoria, um, what is released into a criminal record is wholly determined by Victoria Police as a res- um, on the basis of not a law or not a piece of legislation, but essentially just a policy called the Criminal Information Release Policy um, or something to that effect. (laughs) Um, And it's just an internal mechanism that VicPol has that essentially they use to make decisions um, whenever a request is made to them for a criminal record about what information should be released on on that or not. And Mm -hmm. so when it's an administrative scheme um, and there's sort of common stories that are heard about matters that are included in the criminal record, which include non-conviction matters, matters that are meant to be about um, solely rehabilitative sentences. Um, And it's on that record and it's clearly sort of a question as to whether it should have been included in the first place when there's not that protection to be able to do something about um, an adverse decision or unfavourable treatment someone's been subjected to because of that irrelevant information, then it kind of undermines a person's ability to um, have any mechanism to act on it. Yeah. yeah. You've, you've mentioned that this reform would be in line with um, sentencing pr- principles contained in the Sentencing Act and also the wor- acknowledging the work that War Dungan's done uh, and the, um, the impact that this has on Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people with criminal convictions. Uh, the Victoria Legal Aid submission goes into, into quite detail um, about a particular person's case. Can you tell us about Casey's, uh, what happened in Casey's matter? Yeah, sure. Um, I think the reason we really wanted to centre Casey's story as part of our submission, and it goes into a, de- a lot of detail, but I should note that it's an s- incredibly short submission because it's aimed to make the issues very punchy and very clear. So um, if people want to access it, they can on the Victoria Legal Aid website. Um, but Casey's story, I think, um, just so effectively highlights um, the intersection of experiences um, people can face when they are involved in the criminal justice system and um, meet the obligations or the, I guess, um, consequences of their criminal offending based on their sentencing, but then are still prevented from being able to participate again truly in their community and in employment as a result of that experience. Um, Casey was um, actually is actually a client of mine. She um, is a proud Aboriginal woman who um, essentially was um, impacted by criminal record discrimination and the absence of any certainty in relation to when criminal offending would be removed from her record. Um, She, as a result of quite isolated events in her life at a particular time, including um, a short period of um, essentially involvement in drug and alcohol issues, um, was involved in some criminal offending um, and as a result of that was put through a pretty traumatic process whereby she ended up in custody when um, in circumstances where perhaps that wasn't an appropriate um, situation for her and it caused a lot of upheaval in her life and also had an um, impact on her relationship with her kids and her family sort of being able to be restored. Um, And I think um, that experience for her sort of galvanised why um, she needed to address the underlying behaviour behind what um, 
had caused her interaction with the criminal justice system. And um, as a result of accessing her legal aid representation through the criminal process, was able to um, essentially have that recognised by a court um, and her sentencing was was essentially aimed at addressing the underlying causes of the offending, which were participation in um, programs that addressed the drug addiction and also addressed sort of some of the other um, parts of her life that needed a little bit of restoration um, at the time. And um, Casey was a client that sort of saw that as an opportunity to actually, um, you know, take, I guess, something that can be a really traumatic experience, which is being sentenced for criminal offending and turn it into an opportunity to actually address a lot of issues in um, that had been going on and complied over and beyond with the um, uh, the sort of order that she was placed on. Um, and then as part of that process, tried to uh, re-engage in employment. And she had had um, quite a long successful career in a particular area, um, but was told by her employer at the time that um, she her working with children's check had mm. been removed um, as a result of the criminal offending and also that um, essentially that would be a prohibitive factor for her to be able to continue in her own employment. Um, on top of that, then she um, sort of threw herself into um, applying for a range of different jobs in both fields that she had been working in but also other fields to try and gain employment because she knew that um, having employment and having money coming in and a, um, some security was going to be essential for her family to be able to get through that process um, and also rebuild, I guess, what their life and um, – yeah, what their life looked like together. Um, but despite applying for several jobs, um, was repeatedly told, sorry, Casey, like you seem like a great candidate, but uh, we need a criminal record check to come back without any offending in it. Um, and so it was, you know, despite really proactively and wholeheartedly engaging with a range of different um, efforts to... I guess, rehabilitate herself following um, a small period of criminal offending, found herself sort of uncertain about where where her future lay. And it was only as a result of her being able to engage with some services, legal services to assist her in getting her working with children's check back and her employer at the time deciding that they could re-engage her to perform that work regardless of her criminal record, um, that she was able to truly feel like she had a way to, um, to sort of move on from that period of her life. But what um, Casey's story highlights is that that's a pretty exceptional um, that's not an exceptional situation it's a situation that lots of clients find themselves in or lots of people find themselves in but it's pretty exceptional that she was provided um, I guess lenience from an employer who wanted to support her through that many people have those experiences and in the absence of legal protection such as a spent conviction scheme and criminal record discrimination being legislated they don't have a way to Reaccess employment. Mm. Oh, it sounds like it was a, a really important um, aspect of the submission, and it was really generous of your client to be able to use her examples to to, to show just how widespread this issue is and how it affects people in in such a variety of different ways. Um, I think we're going to jump to a brief song briefly. Um, and or... well, um, I, I guess uh, before we do that, maybe we should um, just wrap up this uh, oh, this sure. chat with 
with Kamna. Oh, um, I Kamna was staying after the break. Sorry. I think Kamna has to go to dinner. But, <laughs> but do I, you... I, I should start the trend and also talk about myself in third person. Yeah. And Kamna has a few more minutes if you would like Kamna to stay. But um, that would be really odd. So, <laughs> um, Well, I, I guess I was just going to ask you... Yeah. Where to from here after the inquiry? Um, what what happens um, to this spent conviction scheme, um, and um, and what form perhaps would you like to see it uh, in? Is it is it um, is it likely to be in the form that Victoria Legal Aid has has made in their submission? Um, yeah. So I mean, the next steps in the process is essentially um, once this inquiry process is wrapped up, then. Um, the bill will be provided to Parliament with any committee with any recommendations or commentary by the committee in relation to what um, amendments might be made or suggested or um, sort of be discussed by Parliament. Um, and I'm hopeful of that process because I think that um, so many organisations and community advocates and people have shared their stories in a really effective mm. way to explain why this fits so squarely within um, a transformative justice um, process or agenda that the state government is trying to be more um, sort of supportive of generally in some areas. Um, and if if that's the case and if I, th- I think the committee is able to reflect on or um, the submissions that were provided to the committee are able to galvanise a lot of um, support in terms of what that scheme should look like, I'm hopeful for what that means. Mm. Um, I think for me the real question will be whether it will be seen as an opportunity to um, legislate on both fronts, which is the spent mm. conviction scheme as well as criminal record discrimination. I think that... You know, um, there's people who might have been ref- asking for reform for a longer time than me in this mm. area may be less hopeful that now will be the time for change mm. given they've seen so many ebbs and flows of this trying to get across the line. But I'm hopeful. Um, my question, I think, would be more about whether um, it's in combination with the criminal record discrimination protection and um, if not... Uh, I think continued advocacy on this point is really important by um, lots of different people, um, especially by, you know, um, the generosity of people like my client Casey coming forward and explaining the impact that, you know, the absence of this important protection has on people in Victoria. Mm. And if people want to um, help the cause, what should they do? Um, I don't have a clear call to uh, a call to action, actually. I think just um, it seems really practical, but um, having that conversation and understanding that. I think, mm. you know, I'd be surprised if not every single listener who's listening in at the moment has been subject to a criminal record check mm. um, as a part of an employment process or some other process, but um, very little is discussed in our community about the impact of that and what we're saying as a community about the ways in which we continue to exclude certain people from participating based on what we consider to be an aspect of their criminality um and the more those conversations can be socialized and had in different situations i think the more community support that can be created and i really am a big believer in law reform and policy change not just happening in legal aid offices or um parliaments but in sort of community discussions so i think that would be the clear ask that i would have to just 
understand and talk about the impact that these issues have, particularly on Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities, because, um, you know, we know that they're uh, overrepresented in the criminal justice system and that causes damaging impacts of ongoing colonisation exclusion to those communities. Well, thank you very much for coming in today, uh, coming up. Um, Kamna Madaguni is the uh, senior law is a senior lawyer with the Equality Law Program at Victoria Legal Aid, who's been talking tonight about uh, the inquiry into spent conviction scheme, uh, and that's it from us as well, Gemma. Yeah. Um, and spare Gemma and Sam. One day, I, I hope that maybe I'll get to host with you again, and <laughs> and and the other Gemma will be. Uh, away, but Can we, I be annoying so, and cut in before we break? Yes. Um, which is just that I know that we um, are very close to ending time, but just speaking about issues that impact Aboriginal and Torres mm. Strait Islander communities, something that I would want to plug my um, you know, famed spot on this radio show for <laughs> is that um, the fight continues by the Jabwurrung um, community mm. in terms of protecting their um, sacred trees. And yes. today's especially, sorry, to, this week is especially a time pressured environment for that group, given they've been received notification of eviction from their site um, this week. And so um, I can get the website up on my phone, but essentially, if you Google um, Jabwurrung, which is D-J-A-B and space W-U-R-R-U-N-G, um, uh, embassy, uh, you'll be able to find access to their website pretty quickly. And they've got some um, great call to actions on at the moment, including speaking to your local MPs and or if you're able to turn up to the site, which is near Ararat um, tomorrow or on Thursday. So... Sorry for pushing you over time, but that's No, fine. that's a really important yeah, thing. Really that point, the you. website is dwembassy.com um, and it's well worth a visit. Yeah, and it's, um, it's something that, you know, uh, I think is interlinked to the impact that um, decisions made in Parliament and legal um, pathways can have on Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities. Thank you very much for the plug. And that's uh, done by law for this week uh, and... Tune in next week uh, when we'll probably have an update on the Jabarung tr- uh, trees and how that's that's gone in the week to come. That's right. Uh, but stay tuned for Voice of West Papua, which is coming up in just a minute. Thanks very much, everyone. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.